What's up, listeners? On this week's pod, we've got beers and yet another mailbag. While we're excited for Usher, Coin and I pitch our own suggestions for the Las Vegas halftime show. We'll recap our season-long prop bets as well as championship weekend. Stumptown, then we out. Let's do it. Delta Mmm. Oh, interesting. That, my friends, is the sound of a couple crisp beers being cracked, and this is the sound yep. of everyone's favorite podcast, The Rookie Show. Derp da der. That's right, everybody. Uh, welcome back to The Rookie Show. I'm one of your hosts, Travis Knoll. Joining mm. me, as per usual, Mr. 503, a.k.a. Zag Brian. Mm-hmm. Now that the coin French championships are over, it's time for the super null. Ooh. Elvis coin, a uh, what up coin? A single knoll rises out of the lake of Big Fork, Montana, in the way to Rookie Mountain by N. Scott Mamaday. R.I.P. in peace. A what up? No. Is that, I saw that what you sent me, but I didn't really um, dive into it too much. Is that something that people will know about this person dying, or just something you came across? It is something I came across as somebody who is eternally online. No, it's actually, it was retweeted by uh, Tyler Parker, so ah, that's, okay. how, that's how I ended it's up finding it. some so. author that he was a fan of? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I think he's just a famous, like, Oklahoma writer, probably. Oh, okay. I gotcha. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A single knoll will rise here shortly. A single knoll will rise. Four months from now, another another null mm-hmm. will be in our midst. In our midst. In our midst. Uh, coin, how are you? I'm doing great, Noel. Chipper as ever. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. It hasn't set in that there's only one football game left for the year. Yeah. But, uh... Yeah. Yeah. We'll get to, we'll get to more football. But the but Super yeah. Bowl excitement overrides that for the next, especially it next does. week. Uh, so, we'll, you know, the sadness can come later in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Exactly. All happiness. It's good. It's uh, I didn't get a weather update from Portland yet, but I'll give you one for Montana. It was like 54 degrees here today, so that checks out. You know, yep. About an 80 degree swing in in a week and a half. So that's you how, know, that's how we do it. That's how, that's I how think we we've it. talked about this, though. It really bothers me when people talk about how the weather in their area or state or town is so can fluctuate so much, as if that's like a specific thing to their area because that's like i don't know 80 percent of the united states like people in chicago say that yeah you don't like the weather wait five minutes and then people say that in montana it's like because that's everywhere besides like southern california is like that so just don't act like you're special that's a good point yeah because i've definitely fallen victim to like you know growing up all the old all the old head parents and stuff are always like you know negative 15 yesterday could be 70 and sunny tomorrow i was like Probably not, but it could, I guess. You're, yeah, but it, yeah, yeah, you're totally right, because there are definitely people in Colorado say it, people in Wyoming say it, people in Idaho say it, everywhere. Yeah, it's everywhere. I was actually in Fort Collins visiting Nate, and it went from the 20s to the 90s within 24 hours. I have, I have screenshots to prove it. There was also, like, wicked fires going on. It was, uh, felt like the apocalypse, but, and it was raining down ash. Anyway, I digress. Cool. Let's get to the pod, Coin. Uh, What are you drinking for me this evening? Noel, I've got for you, out of level beer, again, the Bad Ombre Mexican-style lager. I think you're really going to like this can. 
Uh, it is a 19.2 answer. Uh, it's got nice skulls, skulls all over it. It's uh, They're like turquoise and black skulls, and then the middle one is just this yellow skull, and it says bad hombre, which of course means uh, bad man, not bad hombro, which would be bad shoulder, which I also have. <laughs> Uh, but it's a nice yeah. beer. It's a really nice Mexican lager. I, 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 I think I tend to really actually enjoy the Mexican lager at like a brewery. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. It's a really easy drinker. Yeah. I mm-hmm. do love the can, and Coin, you're not going to believe this. I also have a Mexican lager. Hey, there we, we go. We're on the same page. Uh, yeah. This one is from... Well, get, lay it on me. What do you got? It is from Highlander Beer. Highlander, Highlander. From Missoula. And it is called the Pocket Cowboy. And here you go. It's got a... That's uh, a good name. Good name. And it's got a cowboy riding bighorn sheep. It sure does. So, again, it's a shitty label, but the the concept and the name are fantastic. And there's like a little version right there. Pocket Cowboy riding the bighorn. Yeah, I I love the logo of it. Um, Top notch. The name's fantastic. They could could really market this thing to be... A lot bigger if they wanted to, if they figured out how to not put a shitty label on it. Yeah. Highlander. Would you say Highlander? Highlander. Highlander, yeah. Highlander, okay. Um, And it's, yeah, like you said, it's solid Mexican lager, so nice and crisp. It actually is described as crisp and classic. Let's see. Do I have both those words? The easy drinking style of beer made popular in Mexico. Light-bodied, crisp and clean malt character Mm -hmm. with mild corn flavor. Did you know? It goes great with a lime. I wouldn't have guessed that. That's amazing. <laughs> I uh, I don't know. I, I, I think I'm not that in on limes in my beer. Really? Yeah, know. it's a big... Uh, that's become a thing in our, our the group a little bit. I know that Pilo is very anti-fruit and beer. No fruit and beer. But, but see, limes, I can go for... Limes in my lagers is, is what I'm into. Yeah, I mean, you know. I'm an I'm a orange, in, orange in the hef. I'm, I'm good right. with. Yeah. But... I guess I just have a thing against Corona, and I feel like Corona sucks without lime. So Corona I just is think, horrible without I lime. I just, yeah. So I just think if you need a lime for your beer to be good, your beer is not good. That's a good point. I don't think, I don't think a Pacifico needs one, but no. I, I, I prefer to have it in there. Okay. Be honest Understandable. Yeah. That's cool. Uh, what else you got for beers, Coin? Uh, decently light kind of beer weekend here in all. I went out with a couple buddies, got some wingies on Friday night, mm. and did a yeah, and they were really good, mm. very good wingies. And uh, one of the guys I was with got a salad with mandarin oranges on it at the wing spot, and it was truly one of the weirdest fucking things I've ever seen anybody do. What the fuck? Did you let him have it? <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, I was just oh, like, yeah, I yeah. I promise I've never seen anybody order a wi- or like a salad with. Specific, not, not even just a salad. Salad's one thing, whatever. This like very specific mandarin orange type salad, which I'm pretty out on as a whole. I don't like that. Mm. I don't like the... I feel like the acidity from the orange, like not in some kind of dressing, just like sitting on top of like spinach and lettuce and bullshit makes it kind of wilty on top. Mm-hmm. It feels weird and it's a weird texture. It reminds me of, you know, um, we've, talk, we've talked about hating this before. There's that fucking like marshmallow fluff and mandarin orange dish that people bring to thanksgiving is yeah. just dog shit yeah it kind of makes me think of that a little bit um is that all 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 green salads with fruit in general no i like strawberries a lot okay i like strawberries and salad and and apples like an apple walnut salad oof mm. love it blue cheese okay. yum 
Okay. Yeah, I think it's just Mandarin oranges to me. Okay, got it. Noted. Um, so, but after Wingies, just kind of bopped around, and my buddy wanted a, he wanted a margarita really bad, so we were just kind of bopping around to different places looking for him. And we went to this place called Sugar Hill, which is a really cool kind of 70s vibe bar here, and they've got one of the kind of coolest bar backs in Portland, I think. It's this kind of nice curved wood up the entire, like, to the 20-foot ceiling. It does that probably, like, six times. It goes back and forth, and then it's got a mirror behind it, and they've got a bunch of cool, like, 70s-style memorabilia and shit in there. Uh, nice. Cool spot. And then the next night, went over to uh, Oregon City, which is the best place in the world, of course, uh, to yeah. see to see listener and friend Graham Bogomil. And it is his birthday today, so happy birthday, Graham. Um, happy birthday, Graham. Shouts. And I, already uh, wish you I, I, I went over there, had a few beers with him, and then just beat his ass in golden tea all night long. It was wonderful. It was the worst performance he's ever put up. It was impressive. At one point, I think I was up like 20 strokes on him or something. I was playing good, but not like out of my mind. He was playing horrible. Wow. Sounds like he really grammed yeah. it. Yeah. So eat shit, Graham. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Graham. Uh, yeah, just back to the salad thing. If it was like some just loaded up with ranch and bacon and something like, okay, right. sure, at yeah. a wing spot, but come on, Mandarin. Or if spinach. you want to knock out a quick, like, small size Caesar, do it. Do your thing, whatever, right. um, if that's your deal. I don't, just, just the Mandarin orange and, like, shaved walnut top was, wasn't doing it for me. With all the boys out getting wings... Would you yeah. prefer one of your buddies get a mandarin spinach walnut salad or just two plain patties with cheese on it stacked on top of each other? <laughs> I honestly think I would rather have the patties thing with cheese. Okay. At least there's some grease in there. And Yeah, and exactly. You're, you're all out. You're eating shitty. This is, that's, that's the salads like a, you think you're fucking better than me type meal. Right. You know? Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Um, that was an unnecessary shot. I'm sorry. Okay. We'll move past it. Blake will understand. Um, what, what do you what do you what do you got for beers, Noel? Uh, beers. I don't have actual beers for you. Just I guess okay. the highlights of my weekend. I did have a few beers here and there, but nothing nothing notable. Um, I did. My my dad is forcing my mom to go through the like hundreds of boxes of bullshit that she's saved up over the years because they're trying nice. to get rid of a bunch of stuff, and so I helped my mom take down some old boxes and things and so i did score a box with some sick jerseys including uh my sick montana north dakota all-star jersey and the game nice. in which i i beat carson wentz's ass single-handedly nice um so i found that jersey also found a saints reggie bush jersey that i had from high school so <laughs> oh, dope. pretty stoked on that yeah so that was yeah. a pretty good find. And then, <clears throat> as Katie mentioned, as she came in here before the pod started, I did make her cry. Katie is uh, 25 weeks pregnant, I think. Hell yeah. And uh, I Barely often... looks 23 weeks pregnant, I'd say. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Thanks, Coin. Thanks. Yeah. Um, oftentimes, uh, my way of letting her know that when we're about to go to bed that her breath isn't the best is I just ask <laughs> her, did you brush your teeth? And so I ask her that all the time. Like, Every other night. I'm like, did you brush your teeth tonight? And uh, <laughs> so on Friday, uh, we're in Fucking bed. Dickhead. And uh, she's, you know, laying next to me. I said, did you brush your teeth tonight? And uh, she started crying for about, uh, <laughs> I don't know, five minutes. She just turned over and cried. I said, oh. <laughs> 
Uh, that's not good. That's so funny. <laughs> but she's uh, very, she, you know, she, uh, every time, not that this has happened a lot, but the several times that she has cried at something totally random, she's like in the moment saying like, why am I crying? I don't, I don't know why I'm crying at this. So she's acknowledging that it's ridiculous that she's crying. But, yeah. But the emotions. So it's working. What I, I think that's supposed to happen. Yes, yes, that's right. Yeah, her body is just regulating in a different way. Uh, it is a funny way. I like that it's it's almost passive aggressive, but it's just <laughs> it is still pretty. Oh, it's definitely funny. passive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, I don't suppose you brush your teeth tonight. Like no no reason I'm asking. Just wondering. <laughs> it's always immediately after. I would have been close enough to smell her breath. So. <laughs> Uh, but that will uh, not stop. So, um, so yeah, I found a Reggie Bush jersey and made my wife cry. So it was a good weekend. That does sound like a good weekend. You know what? I did forget forget one thing that we were having beers on the night that I went to Oregon City. We were having fun. We got to text each other and watch probably the game of the NBA season so far was uh, mm. LeBron versus Steph in double Grab overtime. Them. That game fucking rocked. I had so much fun. It Just did. a vintage LeBron twenty six twenty and twelve. Curry, 45 points or something like that. God, it was so sick. I didn't tell you that. I forgot about So that night, my parents wanted to do an Oppenheimer movie night, but Katie and I had already seen it. So Mallory and Dylan went over to their house to watch Oppenheimer at like 7 o'clock, and my mom had said that they were going to have ice cream and hot fudge. So we're like, we'll just stop by mid-movie, grab some ice cream, and then go back home. So we had watched like some of the Laker game and then we went over there, had the ice cream and there was like a couple of minutes left. So I watched the last like minute and a half on my phone and I was like, all right, whatever, at my parents' house. And then it was tied. So we made it back home and were able to watch both overtimes at home. So, hell yeah, you know, we got all the good stuff. So shouts, nice, shouts dude. our dad, LeBron clutch, clutch throws. Can't say that he hits those all that often. No, no, don't think he was going to. No, I was pretty confident he was going to miss the first and make the second. I, that's, I also thought that. And I thought the make yep. would rattle around the rim. They both mm-hmm. wetted. And Katie Wet. made fun of me for saying wetted earlier. Wetted. <laughs> oh, he wetted those. <laughs> uh, okay, that has been our beers. Beers. I think it might be time, Coin, for another mailbag. Nail gun. Mailbag. That's right, Noel. We were both playing with the mailbag. Nail gun. Uh, this right. time. <laughs> this time we have a write-in from listener, friend of the pod, Pip, Colton Pippinich. Colton. He writes, even, you know what I love? He actually titled his mailbag, which is like basically a subject line because he texted it to me, which is fantastic. He says, love of the game or love of the sport? Spet. That's right. With all the NFL is rigged, an increase in egregiously bullshit officiating and weird coincidences in the last few years since gambling became more widespread. I asked a couple of gambling buddies this question. If you thought gambling was causing NFL outcomes to be fixed or rigged, would you quit gambling? Or maybe the better question is, do you think there is some of that shit going on? Uh, and then like fixes and all of that among refs and coaches or players or whatever it would be. And if you do think outcomes are manipulated, why do you still gamble? Um... He wanted. To, he said, "It's just I know lately it's been in the storylines, and my butthole kind of puckers when you hear the Cinderella stories about Pip as a Niners fan, uh, about the Lions. But he refuses to believe the NFL is rigged, because um, otherwise, what am I doing investing so much of my mental health into it?" Mm. 
Good question, Pip. I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And congrats on the on another. I'm sure you were puckered all all day Sunday. So congrats yeah. on squeaking through that one again. It's probably prolapsed in the first half and then puckered mm-hmm. up in the second. Yeah. Right. Good point. Good point. Yeah. Um, where do you want to begin with this? Uh, let's, you want to let's start, start with, with do you do you think that there is some fixes going on? Well, <clears throat> I mean, the short answer would be I don't think so. I would say no would be my answer to this. Um, I guess my question would be, let's say you think that there is rigging going on. My first question would be, what is the purpose of the rigging? Is it the sports books rigging it so that they win more money? Or is it the NFL rigging it for more interest and um, driving popularity and things? Because that changes things. I agree. Uh, and I think, I think if there is, and I'm not saying that it's obviously, I'm not, not going to say it's never happened, but I do think it probably leans on the side of like, I, I, obviously the NFL wants certain things to happen and they will certainly create more favorable conditions for those things to happen. You think, you know? so what would be an example of that? And so you I think, think that, yes, like, those, they do those stories came out like this week too about, like, oh, the NFL just, they brought in an officiating crew for this Ravens-Chiefs game that is uh, an official who has been extremely favorable to the Chiefs over the years and extremely favorable to road teams. So then my next question would be, why is it in the NFL's, you think it's, in the, is this a Taylor Swift thing? Like, what, why does the, why do the, is the NFL want? They 100%. Want, I mean, okay. you've seen all this stuff. I mean, she generates an insane amount of money, and... I don't know how close we are. I think they just signed a new deal three years ago, so they're probably not even up until like 2029 or 2032 or something like that. But I mean, if you can get the eyes and you're you're starting to like, if Super Bowl numbers are going back up like 20% year over year because Taylor Swift is doing all this, like there's probably going to be negotiations on the table and all of the money goes up across the board. It's good for the league. So then how do you explain the two or three losses the Chiefs had that were largely because of officiating. The Green Bay game where there's the no call on the PI at the end of the game. Like and in the Eagles game I went to, I can't remember what the call was. I know MVS had the bad drop, but there was also a bad call at the end of the game. Um is it just they just decided playoff time. You know what? They made the playoffs now we'll rig it for them. Yeah, I mean, obviously, like, why wouldn't you doing it the regular? Doing it the regular, why, why would you want them to go undefeated? That doesn't help anybody. That doesn't you help want, like the drama of the league. No, you don't want that team to win every single game. That makes no sense. Why would you want the team that you're dying to get to the Super Bowl? You have no grasp of pageantry of showmanship. I don't. <laughs> you'd want them to be a three seed and have to go on the road to Buffalo and Baltimore, and you're that confident that your refs are going to rig it so that they will win both of those games. You're getting Taylor. You're getting Taylor Swift in more stadiums, in more places. You have more pictures of her to use than in one box than you have. Uh, okay. I don't think it hurts. I don't think it hurts. Okay. So, all right. So you think that there, and I'm not necessarily saying I disagree that the NFL does slightly edge things towards the way they want it for it to drive to drive popularity. Sure. Yeah. And that this okay. is not me being like it's ringing it. The NFL clearly hopes for certain things to happen. And yeah. Like, of course, maybe that edge is like that edge is like. A half a percent or something like that. Right. If you can tip it to like a, you know, it's like a 
49.5 versus a 50.5% chance instead of like a technically 50-50 game whenever they're going to play. You know what I mean? I think and there's take- obviously a massive gap between that and the NFL script, right? Like there's yeah. just, we can all agree that there's no possible way that the NFL could rig the game in every, in every aspect. I mean, there's just too many variables, right? Way too many variables. And <laughs> genuinely, I think, I think it would like between NFL and hockey, like it's just way too fucking physical and fast paced to like try yeah. to write a script. Like, it would be so hard to be like, all right, on this play, you're going to whiff by just a little bit, yeah. and this player is going to spin away and run for a 70-yard. Like, that makes no fucking sense. Like, that doesn't happen. Think about, like, the Zay Flowers play, right? Like, you're telling me that was part of the script, and, and they timed that perfectly, you know, for him to dive and just fumble just an inch before the goal line. Like, that would be the most incredible WWE Imagine trying to, move. yeah, exactly. Choreographing three hours worth Impossible. of NFL. <laughs> like, yeah. that's yeah. insane. So, all right. That we being can said, agree I don't think I'm completely sold that there is not chicanery, like, in certain things. And I think that, I think that there are coaches and players who do know what the lines are. Uh, I think that, like, you remember in week six, we talked a lot about McVeigh kicking a field goal as time expires to cover a spread. Made no sense. There's literally no reason to do it. I don't think that he doesn't have the line in mind when he does something like that. But but teams would never... Do you think it ever happens the opposite way where they purposely don't cover? I mean, like... Okay, so McVay is... His first and foremost goal is to win the game. But right. at the end of the game, if it's evident he's not going to win, but he has a chance to cover, then he's going to cover. I'm okay with that because he's still putting his best fet best foot forward and maybe in the back of his mind he's like i want to reward the people who are betting on me if i can't win the game then those people can win money because i tried to do my job at the best of its ability is that a little chicanery-esque because he's not playing you know in the the spirit of the game of win or lose right you know maybe but it doesn't bother me i i it would bother me if people were throwing games or see and that's that's what's tough is because i think that that would be it's way harder to try to do the opposite, right? To like, I'm going to hit every over in every game like of my receiving yards. It's way harder to do that than it is to throw and be like, I'm going to yeah. miss today. I'm getting under. Bet my under. And I think it would be really obvious. Like the end of Stefan Diggs' season? Woo! I don't know. Hmm. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> but I think, I think it all points to one area where it's like the most like there has been cheating and there's like evidence of it happening in other sports is the refing, right? Yeah. So, and again, I could see it and I could see there being, I I just, there's a difference between being fixed or rigged versus being, being slightly edged. Lopsided. Yeah. But I think, I think we should get to the, the better question here that Pip asked, which is, does that change your desire to bet on sports or should that change our, you know, investment in sports? Because if you thought gambling was causing NFL outcomes to be fixed or rigged, would you quit gambling? I would probably scale back, maybe. Okay, let me throw you this at you, though. Why wouldn't you then bet more? Like, don't you think was, you I would be able... Thought. Don't you think if we had half a brain, we'd be able to identify what the NFL wants and then bet on that? That's a like, good point. So I think there's two things. I think for me... 
if it's the NFL rigging it, if we know or have an inkling that the NFL is rigging it for a better viewership or things that they will make them more money, we should be able to identify that and bet on that. If it's the sports books trying to rig it so that they win more money, again, if we could identify that, then you'd think come and you start can. of the game time, like that is all you that's can all just public bet information. against whatever the public's betting, right? Wherever, so, totally, just. Every single time, you could always just bet on the outcome that Vegas would want the least. If you think that Vegas has control over it, then there you go. You're you're betting yep. even more. So, point being, I think if I knew or had a very good feeling that things were being rigged or or um, you might affected, be more inclined. I might be more inclined to bet. Now, would I be less invested as a fan of football? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I, I think that's too. the yeah. that's the difference, right? I the care emotional so much. capital versus the actual capital would yeah. like kind of flip flop. Yeah, I care a lot about the Washington Commanders or whatever their team name is going to be, and the players that I like, and and seeing guys win and be emotional about it. If you found out that it was all a ruse, then you just you know, it wouldn't be as fun. Yeah, no, you're totally right, and that's the other thing to think about is. That at the end of the day, like, that would be so hard to keep under wraps that if there was thousands of people, like, invested in keeping up this this story about the NFL not being real. Like, do you think, do you really think Antonio Brown is keeping that quiet? Like, <laughs> yeah, right. come on. Yeah. Uh, but I, at the end of the day, they are mostly invested in making sure fans are passionate. I do, I have talked about, like, I do think that there's a chance that some NFL games, like, I think those fans that are 40 years old and all gussied up and completely painted out and all that shit, I think those guys might be plants at some places. Like, <laughs> I think that they're paid yeah, to be there. I like that. Like, I, I in, in a good way. There. It's fun. Yeah. It's fun to, like, be like, yeah. And, like, oh, yeah, I love this guy. He goes there. It's cool to see him there. And, you like, I've seen him all at Seahawks games a billion times or whatever it is. I don't – I think it's good for the NFL to see those guys. Um, yeah. I've only, I've only recently just – it's – really sunk in with me how funny those are like every time they show some dude just decked out it makes me laugh every time so like that guy has a normal job during the week and then on sunday he's like i am going to eat nine hot dogs paint myself red and then go cheer on the arizona cardinals in 110 degree weather like that is come on (laughs) my last uh thing for you pip is um you said you heard, the, you know, you're butt puckered at the thought of, like, the NFL rigging it for the Cinderella Lions. Like, I'm not con- – why, why does the NFL benefit from the, from the Lions making it over the Niners? Do you think they do? Is that because it's a storyline? Because it's fun? Cause it's Detroit a storyline. But I, I was thinking that. about this. I was talking about this with Grant the other night. The funny thing is, is um, I think it was about – it must have been about the Lions losing. No, because that hadn't happened yet. Who lost, who lost last week that was like... Oh, the Bills. I was thinking about the Bills. And we might have talked about this, but it's the same for them. Fandom is so funny because you want to be like, yeah, but you know it's not going to be like this forever. Like We won't be sad. You could literally be sad forever. You could it never ever... You could, <laughs> you could never ever win a Super Bowl. You could maybe get this close again. There is a chance that you are never happy without them your team. <laughs> That's a very I think good that point. the argument is that... If a Cinderella happens, you do keep a lot of these fans invested, but like, sure, maybe the NFL does want it more. Rigging it towards it would be tough, and man, like, 
But what about the Browns? What about the Texans? What about the Jaguars? What about the Falcons? What about the Commanders? There are a lot of teams that are devastated. Like, are you going to do this year after year? I'm well aware that I could be sad forever. Like that Super Bowl, I was 25 points ahead in a Super Bowl with uh, a quarter and a half to go. There's a, there's a very real possibility I am never that close to winning one again. Uh, I love those points you just made. It, it occurred to me that for every one of those stories you hear about the uh, 90-year-old Detroit Lions fan who finally got to go to the conference championship after years of torture, there are dozens, hundreds, thousands of fans who died before they got to see the Lions go to the <laughs> conference championship. So like, <clears throat> it's not like there's all these people that you know everybody gets their redemption at the end. And then right. that also, when you brought up the Bills and stuff, it also occurred to me that Probably, don't you think the NFL's storylines are better if you have guys like Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson can't get over the hump? Isn't that like better TV of like yeah, debating? Yeah, 100%. Right? Is. It 100% if Josh is. Allen goes and wins the Super Bowl, okay, then he's great. And so is Mahomes. And now we have to find somebody else to debate on. So, yeah, you yeah. could, I definitely agree that. And so maybe that's the case with Jared Goff. I, I guess people don't love to talk about Jared Goff, but like, yeah, isn't right. it more fun to talk about the Lions will never get there, the Lions will never get there forever and ever? I guess eventually right. they got to get over the hump, but yeah. Right. Or, so. or when you think about fucking, you know, the classic hero's journey of Tom Brady really struggled through adversity his whole career <laughs> before winning three out of his first four Super Bowls and then right. or whatever, three Super Bowls in four years or whatever it is, and then winning seven total in his career. Wow, really... Really cheered hard for that guy. Love to see just an underdog come out on top in the end. I think like, the, I like, know that it's good to have a villain around, but I just don't see who would write a script for this guy winning seven. Right. Yeah. It's a little much. Yeah. Okay. I think we answered. I think we answered the questions. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. In short, in short, we don't think the NFL is rigged. We think it is. At least I do. I think that the NFL certainly hopes for outcomes and maybe there's something at play with, you know, refs here and there where they get somebody in line who's probably going to be more favorable to what the NFL wants. But at the end of the day, it's way too physical, way too fast to be scripting these things. Yeah. And I'm I'm not totally against it, but I'm farther away from that side than Cohen just to say that 99% of it is, is authentic. Um, yeah. But. I think the NBA, I'm more inclined to believe the NBA finagles more than the NFL. 100%. And, I mean, it has been proven. Yes, right. So, the refs, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, that. there is actually books and stuff about refs <laughs> fixing yeah. games, so. Yeah, exactly. Okay, that has been our mailbag. Mailbag. Nail gun. All right, Coin, uh, we'll get to Super Bowl props next <clears throat> week. Oh, But we are yeah. coming up on Super Bowl, what number is it? Do you know? 58. I'm 58. looking at the letters right now. Yeah. Great. Uh, and it is in Las Vegas. Las Vegas. Uh, so we did this when the Super Bowl was in Miami, and we decided this year's Super Bowl performer is Usher, and I'm sure what they Usher have band. planned will be great, but I think we both agree that we could come up with something more exciting. Yes. I mean, with unlimited money and time at our you know, in our hands, we can come up right. with anything. Yeah. yeah. Better than anybody. Yeah. So without further ado, we're going to uh, pitch our ideal Las Vegas Super Bowl halftime shows. Correct. This being said, I believe I'm going to speak for us. I'm, I'm sure we're both pretty excited for Usher. 
I am a big fan of Ursher Baby. Um, yeah, Ursher. I've talked myself into how great Rihanna's was, so I am hoping it's that good. he can he can uh, get there. But uh, I mean, we yeah. could talk about it more next week too. It's yeah. So the last last two haven't brought anybody out. Is he going to bring somebody out? Ursher's definitely bringing somebody out, right? Yeah, he's got to, right? Especially like a rapper yeah. or somebody, I would think. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. I guess I I shouldn't be surprised. Who was before Rihanna? Uh, the weekend. Oh yeah. Well, that was the COVID one. That was weird. So that's I guess not as surprising, but and Rihanna's kind of the queen bee. I could I'm not surprised she didn't bring anybody else, but it used right. to be uh, previously there was always people that came out, so. Yeah, the well the Dr. Dre 50 yeah, Cent. True. That, that was true. like, what, 11 people in that one or yeah, something like that? Yeah, it was crazy. Exactly. Exactly. Okay, who uh, right. who's going first? You want me to go first? Uh, uh, you want to flip a coin for it? There? I feel like we're both, you know, this is this is like an ego thing. We'll, we'll flip a yeah. coin for it. Okay. All right, call it in the air. Tails never fails, baby. It is Tails. Would you like to go first or second? I'll go first. I'll go first. Okay. All right, this is the Super Bowl 48 Vegas halftime show. So picture this, okay? Okay. Stage opens up with a hologram, of course, of Elvis Presley. Shouts Elvis, your namesake. Uh, He'll be singing Viva Las Vegas, of course. Then out of the bottom of the stage, 81-year-old Wayne Newton appears and sings in harmony with Elvis's hologram. A second hologram pops up. It's Frank Sinatra Whoops. singing Luck Be a Lady. Wayne Newton veers over, sings, harmonizes with Frank Sinatra. Crowd's going wild. A hologram of Kenny Rogers appears, RIP, a few years ago, singing The Gambler, of course. Yep. Wayne Newton sings with him as well. Suddenly, Dan Reynolds, the lead singer of Imagine Dragons, famously from Las Sick. Vegas comes out of nowhere and RKO's Wayne Newton. He gets up. He stands over Wayne Newton while singing, Welcome to the new age, to the new age. And uh, proceeds to sing a couple songs with Imagine Dragons. Uh, But then they're interrupted by the sound of a guitar over the loudspeakers. Coming out of my cage and I've been doing just fine. Nice. That's, That's right. Native Las Vegan uh, band, The Killers, yep. they perform a couple songs. Then Dan Reynolds and uh, Brandon Flowers, who's the lead singer of The Killers, they meet at center stage. A curtain raises to conceal them. When the curtain drops, they're both standing next to bicycles, wearing black dress pants, short sleeve white button downs, red ties, backpacks, and their bike helmets, both with a small book in their shirt pocket that reads, Book of Mormon. That's right. Both Dan Reynolds and Brandon Flowers grew up in the Church of Latter-day Saints. So no be, way. Yes, they I did. I had no yes, idea. They did. This is coming with research. So with their bicycles, a single door appears on the stage. The two Ooh. of them walk their bicycles over to the door and knock with the intent of letting somebody know about our Lord and Savior. <laughs> um, and then comes the music. Um, bum, bum, bum. Las Vegas local Brendan Urie opens the door. Oh, man. Is he really? Oh, well, imagine as I'm pacing the pews in the church corridor. That's right. Panic at the Disco, another Las Vegas band. They sing a couple songs. 
Uh, and then, you know, for the finale, Katy Perry and uh, the left shark from her Super Bowl, uh, they walk out on that giant lion that she had. Yeah. And she's yeah. singing Waking I've Up in Vegas. I've got the eye of the... You think well, it was a lion? It, oh, sorry. The tiger. Yeah. No, no. No, it was a lion because it's Roar. She's singing Roar. You oh, was it Roar? Fuck. Yeah. Well, she does say Eye of the Tiger in that song, but it's definitely a line. We'll have to look that up. Fact check it. Either way, she's singing Waking Up in Vegas because it's a Vegas song. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Lady Gaga also swoops down singing Poker Face. We're nice. just th- th- dishing out the dollars. And then the show closes with one of my favorite artists, Schaefer Chamir Smith. Yes. Love Shafes. Yeah. A.K.A. Neo's real name. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. No yep. way. <laughs> Schaefer Chamir. C-H-I-M-E-R-E. Smith. Oh, uh, my God. And he sings so sick, but he changes the words so sick of love songs to so sick of Jason Garrett. <laughs> and then that ends the halftime show. Just incredible. Um, Thanks. The amount of people you've incorporated in here. I was hoping when you said Brandon Flowers, I was like, part of me was hoping. I was like, oh, how do we do this where I can get Brandon Yuri in here? You did it for me. So that was great. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Even if you didn't go the Vegas route, you you are aware of all the Vegas. Those were the, like the big ba- Vegas names. I just used them. All. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah. Um, obviously, love everything about the the holograms. The holograms yeah. are also huge because it's a big. That's like a Vegas staple now. You know, they yeah. can do anything right there. Of the course. sphere, of course. Right, right, right. I love it. Well done, Noel. Okay, what do you got for me, Coin? All right. As does you, my Super Bowl halftime show is going to be very Vegas. Not in the sense of musicians from there, like you did just now. Smart. But in the pageantry, and most importantly, the magic. (laughs) My show will follow the three parts of the magic act outlined in the movie The Prestige. Uh, It opens with a parade of magicians coming through, headed by White Tigers as an homage to Siegfried and Roy. Then it's the likes of David Copperfield, Penn and Teller, Shin Lim, Piff the Magic Dragon, Chris Angel, all doing tricks all the way down. And then in a tale, he's, he's, he's suspended by these um, metal wires, and they're attached to his back, and he comes in like Jesus floating in, kind of. And it's David Blaine. Blaine then acts as the conductor of the show, and he gets on the mic, and likes, lightly explains like that he's going to do a visual illusion for everybody, and what this is going to be experientially... Uh, Act one, the pledge. The magician shows something at least seemingly ordinary and raises up the stage. He's summoning uh, on the stage. It's Miley Cyrus, but everybody's doing covers. She's doing a cover of Heart of Glass by Blondie. Uh, I hope you've heard it. It's absolutely fantastic. (laughs) I don't think I have, but okay. Act two, the turn. Do something extraordinary. Miley's stage crumbles, and in a flash of water and light, a full band appears, and in the thick of the mist... In the middle of them is a hologram, Jimi Hendrix, performing his cover of All Along the Watchtower by Bob Dylan. And so you just hear... Yeah. So you hear, you hear Jimmy just wailing on guitar, and he's looking cool as fuck. He's got his headband going. Afro looks phenomenal, all hologrammed out. And finally, the prestige. Bring it all back. In a majestic burst of fire and brimstone, a third, even larger stage slams down on top to cover everything, seemingly crushing all under. But all of them 
All the magicians reappear. All the performers are back on stage. And the performing Black Star by Ingwi Malmsteen until it gets to the iconic picking section, in which case a burst of doves, fire cannons, and cards go off, and you hear a very distant, yeah, and the Black Star flips to party like a rock star, and the shop boys bring the house down. <laughs> the shop boys are back. Where have they been? Oh, so back. Oh, so, so back. Yeah, like they never left. Wow, that's yeah. incredible. I'm really excited about that. Chris Angel needs to be more front and center for me. Yeah, you think more featured than David Blaine? Yeah, I think he should like cut himself in half or something, or maybe oh just. My God. They're doing stuff on the side. Okay, like yeah, the they're time. just like yeah. side acts. Okay, yeah. <laughs> One guy's just like kind of doing card tricks all the whole time. <laughs> uh, what it, you could probably bring Arthur Smith in. Because he's yeah. he's going to be doing magic tricks too, right? That was his one of his. Oh, that tricks. was one of his. That was one of his roles. He could have. Yeah. He could have been doing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> they bring him we, in. They bring him in. It's like it's like in um, uh, Kung Fu Under the Fist, and then he's like doing his stuff, and they're like, "We teach it. We taught him wrong as a joke." <laughs> <laughs> and they make him just fail in front of the whole crowd, and then he gets booed off, and he leaves. That's good. We're we're onto something. I think you've nailed it, and it's actually going to be a shame if they don't. You know, really Vegasify this. Uh, they this need to Vegify it, no doubt. Vegify, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. really nice job. I guess listeners, let us know which halftime show you'd like to see. The uh, please do, please do. The David Blaine <laughs> shop <Pop> boys. Do <laughs> <laughs> you think anyone's ever suggested a David Blaine and shop boys show before? <laughs> I'm confident nobody has. Uh, were you aware? I was not aware that uh, shop boys was a cover. Or not a cover. Sorry, that was that. It was that the. Sorry, that party like a rock star even sampled anything. I thought it was just some nonsense they had. And it's this fucking Swedish hard rocker, and he has this song called Black Star. And it's awesome. Oh no, I did not know that. Okay, yeah. that makes sense. See, you're tying it yeah. all together. There's yeah. layers to your to your show. There's layers to this shit. Yeah, it's layers to this shit. Okay. Okay, that's our Vegas halftime show pitches. Vegas halftime show pages. Um, we will skip bookie show. I didn't tally our bets from last week. We can talk. I won. I won one bet. I won a bet. I think I. I was going to look it up. Did the actually? I'm looking right now. Did the Lions and Niners both score on their first drive? The answer is no. yes. No, 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 Niners punted, right? Niners punted, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I probably, maybe Lions scored right away on the Jameson. What's up? That's right. I said I might have lost all my bets. Speaking of losing all our bets, what I'm going to do for you, Coin, is give a little recap of our season-long prop bets. How's that sound? Oh, good. Can't wait to hear this. Uh... Let's just dive in, Coin. So I'll start with you. We'll start with you. Uh, Coin, you made 19 bets. Yep. Care to guess your record on those 19 bets? I'm going to guess I went 4 and 15. Very close, Coin. 3 and 16 was your final record. Uh, okay, let's just clarify this though for the listeners. Is that a lot of these are very, very long odds bets. This is yeah. not necessarily speak to. You should just look at the the money value that's tied to it, which is also not good. Coin, you lost five hundred and five dollars. <laughs> yeah, 
could be worse. Could be worse. Uh, your winners, you had Ravens and Niners to make the playoffs, which was like minus 130 or something. Uh, you had Lamar to go over 100 rush yards in, a, in any game. He did it once. He went for 101 yards in one game. That's all it takes. Let's go. Well done. Uh, and then you had Ravens over 10.5 wins. So basically all of your wins were tied to the Ravens. Big, big on the Ravens um, this year. Love the Ravens. Some notable losers. We mentioned Ravens over Niners in the Super Bowl at one thirty-five to one. That would have been which sucks crazy. ass because the Ravens played a horrible fucking game against the Chiefs. What idiots! What a yeah, horrible idiots. game. The ones that you lost the most money on, you had over five hundred and two point five yards passing in a game. I think the highest. Yeah, was it was Stroud really with like four seventy. Yeah, it was a shockingly bad year. So mm-hmm. offensively mm-hmm. for the league. So you had uh, Bijan rookie of the year. You had uh, Chiefs over twelve and a half wins, and then uh, you had Josh Allen over three hundred yards in eight games. I think he got like four or five. Yeah. So minus five oh five coin. That's right. You'll bounce back. Um, and then I'll I'll lay this on you. Would you like to hear how I did, coin? Yeah. How many bets did you place? I only bet 13 bets, coin. Did you go um, 1 and 12? I wish, coin. I went 0 and 13. <laughs> Holy shit. You would think that that would be near impossible, but I managed it. I did not win a single one of my bets. Um, so I lost us $1,000, um, and I apologize <laughs> oh for that. Our one saving grace was gonna be the Ravens yeah. playing the Niners in the Super Bowl, and it just it just didn't happen. It didn't happen. Some notable losses. Uh, my biggest bet was Jahan Dotson over fifty two point five catches. He had forty nine. That's tough. Uh, I had second biggest bet was Dallas Goddard over six hundred and seventy five point five receiving yards. Um, get this coin. He's gone over that like four times, and this season. A season in which he broke his arm and missed like five games, Dallas Goddard set a career high in receptions and still did not go over that yardage number. Uh, his yards per catch was like by far a career low. So for whatever that's worth. Um, I bet over 19 and a half overtime games in the league. We talked about this. There was like eight or something. It was absurd. Yeah. It was not close. There were no overtime games this year. Um, I had Chris Olave to go over 150 yards in any game. He had two games where he was like 120 at half, and then one he got hurt, and then one I think Jameis like played some, and then Carr came in and didn't throw to him. So frustrating. Um, I several Alexander Madison bets, which were not good. And then uh, lastly... Mac Jones passing TDs over was not a good bet either. So, and I know I mean it's easy to look back now, but I, at the time, Mac Jones was I bad. definitely was all over you about betting on the Patriots You're right. this year. You're like, right, this is horrible. I'll take my beatings there. I have no re- regrets on the other ones. Uh, I I didn't know Alexander Madison was so bad at football. He looked better <laughs> as a backup to Dalvin Cook. But. Oh yeah. <sighs> so be it. Uh, oh, so we have a lot of lot of work to do in the Super Bowl coin. This is going to be a big Super Bowl. Uh, yeah. We, so we're we, down we're like almost so to 2K. Like, yeah. I think we're down like 300 on the year. So about 1,800 we're going to need to make up. But we each get 1,000 bucks. 
Right. All right. So that's our season-long props. Jeez. I know. It's embarrassing. Um, do you, you want to give thoughts on the games this week? I didn't we really do write anything down. You're interested at all? I don't either, but... Just quick. I, 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 I did thoughts. Top yeah, of your head. Sure. Yeah, give me, give me your thoughts. Yeah, I, I saw some stuff online. I mean, I, I'm not just going to regurgitate everything because it was obvious at the time, too. And I was watching that, the Ravens-Chiefs game. You were just... I feel like everybody in the nation... I, why the fuck aren't you running the ball? Like, mm-hmm. just run the ball a little bit. And one of the reasons I had that, obviously last week I had the loser, that was the uh, Gus Edwards and Sam Laporta, two touchdowns each. They combined to have zero, so that's pretty good. But <laughs> Gus Edwards only touched the ball, like, two or three times, I think. And bad. the Chiefs are, like, almost last in the league against the run. Um, the Ravens were, like, maybe first in the league, or no, top five running offense. Right. And they just didn't do it at all. And their offense, I, it is so funny. I, there is a real effect, obviously, and I'm sure this happened too, with like the Patriots and playing Belichick, playing Brady. These teams just lose their fucking minds. Uh, it's, it's almost similar to, you know, you just you outsmart yourself. It's like watching Arthur Smith. It's like you, yeah. almost that rule, the rule we talk about with um, bad teams – at the end of games, when you have a chance to win, it's a, like go for one or go for two. These teams, like the Ravens that are playing this game, your team is really good. B thirteen and four, B fourteen three, whatever they were. Make the other team stop what you do. Don't out your smart, outsmart yourself and change your game plan. You know, yeah, it's, a, it's, it's absurd. Yeah, so just a frustrating, frustrating way to go about it, and. My other, th- are you, so you, I, I, yeah, no, I mean, name. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I once again was trying to root against the Chiefs, and uh, Lamar, like, obviously had some incredible plays, but outside of that, he wasn't very good. And then they, the biggest thing is just the game plan seemed all wonky, and they didn't, they didn't do him any favors by just having him drop back every single play. So, seems like a very big miscalculation, and then. It didn't feel that close to me. I like, I don't know. It kind of felt like the Chiefs were in control all game. But th- also, when you think about it, it was two or three plays would have been a different game. The Zay Flowers touchdown turned into a fumble, like changed the entire complexity of the game. So um, it was close, but I don't know. In, in these type of games, it's like guys that there's guys that know how to close it out and guys that don't. And I don't know. We'll see if Lamar ever becomes one of those guys. Yeah, yeah, it's a bummer. I just, I think both of us are very pro Lamar. Would love to see yeah, him do it, and for sure. wanted to see. And I think this is a super likable team. One of the other outcomes too was the I'd love to see Kyle Hamilton getting this much like national TV. That guy is a fucking monster, man. Yeah, he's a beast. Yeah, he's so good. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on Niners Lions? Oh, I mean, I was, I was calling it like I you know I thought it was over just the way Detroit was moving the ball that even if I thought even if San Fran got hot in the second half they couldn't stop what Detroit was doing and then all of a sudden just landslide avalanche and you got the fucking ball bouncing off the dude's helmet and um Ayuk catching it and then Gibbs fumbling I mean it was just a comedy and I don't know the, the biggest thing the media wants to talk about is Dan Campbell going going for it on fourth and Mm-hmm. I didn't really have a problem with any of his decisions. I think you could make the case for any of them. Um, so I don't. I don't think that's the reason they lost. 
I think if fucking no. Gibbs holds onto the ball and fucking that guy picks the pass off instead of letting it hit him in the fucking face and I catching it. Like there was just a lot of opportunities for them to win the game and they didn't they didn't grab hold of it. So um it's a bummer. I mean, I was rooting for the for San Fran in a lot of ways. Um I just felt bad. I feel bad for teams that you know, I I think Jared Goff seems like a nice enough guy and I I don't want him to be sad, so felt bad for That's him and Dan Campbell. <laughs> I just don't want anybody to be sad, you know. <laughs> That's exactly. exactly. Uh, no, I'm I'm completely with you. I I left the game thinking I, I was completely fine with basically every decision that that Dan yeah. Campbell made. I yeah, all of it was good. The only one which sucks that it was really bad. You can't take that fucking time out at the end of the game. You you lost yourself the oh, game by doing you're that. You're right. You're right. That was really, really that was really bad. Yeah. The handoff is the problem, right? On third down. Yes, it is. Yeah, you can't do that. I know it no. sucks. You don't want to make you make yourself an obvious passing team. Guess what? You're down ten at the end of the game. You have to fucking pass the ball. That's what I you know. have to do. It's the only thing that stops the clock. It's stupid. And you're totally right. It's you can make those you can make whatever statement you want about going for it, but it's what he's lived and died. Died by all season, and that's what you got to do. And honestly, all the decisions of the game were good. If uh, Reynolds catches two fucking passes, we don't even have this conversation. Like, he dropped two balls on fourth down or whatever it was. Or he dropped one, and I think Amon Ra might have dropped one. Right. Catch the ball. Make the play. Yeah. Don't Execute. don't fumble. That's part of that's part of it, too, you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's, uh, it's a bummer. I, I saw something, uh, some article that said, like, Dan Campbell said to the team afterward, like, we might not ever be here again. Or like he said something. I saw that too. I was like, that's kind of nuts to say. That was interesting. But yeah, I was, I thought that was really weird too. I guess it's honest, but I don't know. I guess he was just implying like, don't take it for granted that we'll be back. I I guess probably it was the message of like, don't just assume that, Oh, you know, we're going to be here again. Like in the context of like, you better work your ass off and realize that it's not a given. Um, But the way that they framed it, it's probably, it's probably a slightly out of context quote. Yeah. Like right. don't don't go into the off like you're saying don't go into the off season and just think you just you earned it so you get it again next year like you mm-hmm. have to go work your ass off kind of shit but yeah that's my guess yeah it is interesting too just watching this Niners team like this is not that juggernaut Niners team we saw for four weeks during the regular season I I don't know what's going on right now this is weird it's uh, this, the defense looks fucking lost yeah. I mean, I, I, not that the Chiefs' offense hasn't been putting up a ton of points, but it feels like Mahomes is going to pick them apart the way that Goff was able to. So, yeah, I don't know. We'll get into our picks next week, but yeah, I don't. Is the line out? I haven't looked. Yet. I can tell. Yeah, I I read that it opened at minus two and a half Niners, and like immediately went to one. So the last okay. I checked, it was Niners by minus one. Chiefs money line was even odds. I'm like, except Ooh. for I would have already bet it if I didn't already have the future. But we already have money on it, yeah. yeah. So I, just for the listeners, uh, a bet that we managed to not list in our rookie show bets, but we did talk about on the pod. Um, and we've talked about in years past how we should just have it in our fucking preseason bets every year because they're going to win one out of every whatever so many Super Bowls, so... That's exactly right. We no no no. That's a great point. We um we bet the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl, and we put a little boost on it. So we had it at eight to one, and then we've we've talked about like you're telling me they're not gonna win one out of every five Super Bowls for the next ten years at least. Yeah. Oh, that was actually what I was gonna ask you is like, from from today, 
What would you put the over under on Mahomes additional Super Bowl rings? Additional from today, not from not if he wins this one after that. I'm saying so. Include if you include the coming Super Bowl, include the coming Super Bowl, and then the rest of his career. What's the over under on rings that he wins? Three and a half. Whoo! Good line, right? Gosh, I'm trying to think if I would. I would hesitate to go over because he's got two, right? So that would put him at six. I mean, like, so usually these conversations are absurd and people want to have them after every player wins his second championship. It happens in basketball, too. Like, Jokic, people want to say, like, well, nobody's going to beat them for the next 10 years. I think it's fair to say about Mahomes like, and, and the Chiefs. They've been in every AFC title game. They've been in f- four of the past six Super Bowls or something. So I think it's fair to say. I think that's probably the right line. I'd probably have to go under just because it's just I think I would so too. unprecedented. I think I would but like if you gave me two and a half, I might go over maybe. Yeah. So yeah. maybe three. So he's, you know, five Super Bowls is his expectation at this point. Pretty well. <laughs> Jesus Christ. He's good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, must be nice must be nice uh, okay anything else um no that is all uh then in that case what time is it now Cohen? uh it is 10:33 sounds like it might be then <laughs> <laughs> That's right, everybody. It is time for everyone's favorite trivia show, Stump Town, where uh, I like to ask Cohen a question. Uh, he answers the question. Uh, that was kind of like a, that was maybe like a David Blaine mixed with Shot Boys explanation of it. Um, is that what that was? You think that was David <laughs> Blaine mixed with Shot Boys? <laughs> No, not really, but I, I was doing some, <laughs> some like magician like Egyptian. Dance it was like it. maybe all. Borat and David Blaine. <laughs> I'm ask you a question, ask you a question. <laughs> this is Borat uh theme stem town. Um coin. Yes. I oh. uh spent so much time on my Super Bowl halftime show that I didn't do much of a uh a write out for this, but I do have a nice question for you. Mm-hmm. We're we're talking Super Bowl trivia. Okay. Okay. Since the year 2004, what I like to call our fanhood era, there have yeah. been in the Super Bowl 20 touchdowns scored where the yardage of the touchdown was 30 or more. Ooh, cool. Uh, 11 of these were offensive touchdowns and nine of them were defensive touchdowns. Yep. I would like you to try and name six of these players who scored these touchdowns. Okay. Uh, does, so the, def, uh, so the special teams ones don't count? Oh, sorry. Defense or special teams was, was the nine, is what I meant to say. Okay. I'll, so I'll take, I'll take Hester. Devin Hester, in 2007, returned a kickoff for 92 yards. That is correct. Perfect. I'll take Jacoby Jones. Jacoby Jones. Oh, and I meant to say you have to get at least one offensive is, oh, okay. is one of the rules. Um, Jacoby Jones, yes. So in 2013, for 108 yards, Jacoby Jones. 
Perfect. I will take Ricardo Allen. Ricardo Allen. For what team? Wasn't that the Falcons who picked off Tom Brady? I thought that was Ricardo Allen. Maybe that not. is incorrect. Okay. I'll take James Harrison. James Harrison is correct. Coin. Uh, where is it? Kurt Warner threw a pass to Anquan Bolden, and James Harrison returned for 100 yards in 2009. Okay. It's the the Seahawks linebacker. It's is it Bruce Smith? Close. I think uh, you did this before. <laughs> I think you called him. Yeah, Bruce Smith I think before. I did. It's something else, Smith. Something else, Smith. He's got the same first name. As a guy who made a very famous Super Bowl play against the Seahawks. Oh Jesus! <laughs> um, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> uh, and I think he was the. Did he, he won MVP? Right? I think he did. Yeah, he did. He did. He did. Yeah. What's the first letter? M. Malcolm. Malcolm Smith, that is correct. He returned an interception for 69 yards off of Peyton nice. Manning. Nice. So I need a, need an offensive player, you say. You need one offense and then one more of any, of any kind. You could try to okay. remember the Falcon. Uh, not... I, feel like, I feel like Gronk has a long one. Robert Gronkowski. Not on the list. Okay. Nothing longer okay. than... He might have been short 20-something. Maybe. Okay. 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 What am I at? Four? You're at four, yes. Heinz Ward. Heinz Ward, the Super Bowl MVP, did in fact score a 43-yard touchdown thrown by who? Uh... Oh, 10? What's the, what's the, um, Santana? No. Antoine Randall. Antoine Randall. Fuck. Okay. I had the number right. What did you say? Oh, 10? Is that what you said? 10, yeah. Oh, you were yeah. thinking Santonio Holmes, not San- Santana. Yeah, I am. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. They're all the same player to me. <laughs> I yeah. don't know what. They're all basically the exact same. Okay. I can't believe I... Oh, fuck. I just had his name, too. The Falcons guy. How long was the Falcons touchdown? I wouldn't have remembered it. It was 82 yards. 82, that's right. He wears wears number 20. Um, Was it... Is is the R right? Nope. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Uh, First name is R. First name is R. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he wears number 20. Um, Who the fuck... That now I'm gonna get hung up on it if I try to do it. Yeah, yeah, go a different direction. Yeah, I almost wanted to say uh, Larry HC. I might just do it. Is that a guess? Yeah, Larry Fitzgerald scored a one yard touchdown in the Super Bowl, Mm. as well as a 64 yard touchdown. Congrats, coin. He did have to. Uh, that's what I was of, talking about earlier. I was like, "Fuck, am I gonna, am I gonna fuck this up?" That's give, me, I, give me the initials of the Falcons guy. R A. Ricardo. Wait. Uh, Robert Alford. 
Yes. Robert Alfred. Damn it. Damn it. Damn it. Damn it. Yeah, the Larry Fitz one is when he's running away from Palomalo. That was fucking sick. Yeah. He just took yeah. the slam. Yeah. All right. The one, uh, you did not get stumped coin. I'll give you the ones you missed. Uh, starting with some hard ones. Uh, back in 05, McNabb to Greg Lewis. Never would have got that. Uh, one I might have gotten. Willie Parker for 75 yeah. yards yeah. of the Steelers. Um, Rex Grossman threw a pick was that, six. Was that the, that was the Seahawks Super Bowl? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, Rex Grossman threw a pick six to Kelvin Hayden. I did not remember that. Um, Peyton Manning to Reggie Wayne for 53 yes. yards against the Bears. Oh, wait, no. And then also the, uh, um, the Saints guy. Is that, uh, is that Sharper? Tracy Porter. Porter, Porter, fuck, Tracy fuck, Porter, fuck, yes, fuck. that was a famous right. one. Uh, Big Ben threw a pick six against the Packers, I do not remember. Nick Collins, I guess? No. Whatever. Uh, Kaepernick threw one to Crabtree, apparently. Okay. Uh, Joe Flacco threw one to Jacoby Jones for 56 yards, so Jacoby had a big game. So I had to guess him twice? Because I was thinking of the offensive one. I guess if either way you didn't get stumped, but... Oh, you were? I said, though, after you said it, that he returned the kickoff for 108 yards. That's fine. But that wasn't the winner, because he also caught the winner, right? And it was down the left sideline. Okay. Uh, Yeah, maybe. Sounds right. No. That's fine. That's fine. Uh, Percy Harvin. I thought you were. Ah, yes, yes, yes. In the same game as Malcolm Smith. Uh, And then the last four were kind of hard. Foles to Alshon Jeffrey for 34 yards. Okay. You had Damian Williams of the Chiefs ran it for 38 yards. You had okay. Burrow to T. Higgins for 75 yards. Do not remember that at all. No, not even a little bit. And then lastly, Jalen Hurts to A.J. Brown last year for a 45-yard touchdown. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so it's, wow. it's kind of interesting question. to look like at that, that list and go, yeah, I'm surprised I don't remember a lot of those. Yeah. Uh, okay, but you have not been stumped. Well done, Coin. Well done, Coin. Thank you. Thank you very much, Noel. I appreciate it. Um, that was a really good question. I like that one a lot, actually. Hey, thanks, Coin. You're welcome, Noel. That's going to do it for an episode of The Rookie Show. Yes. Yes, it will. Uh, Coin, where can they follow you? You can follow me at KingCoin on both Instagram and Twitter. Oh, I haven't given you a Twitter update in a while. I'll have to do that sometime soon. Oh yeah, next week maybe. Give uh, I was going to tell you that there's there's a there's a guy there's a guy on Twitter whose whole thing is he when people post pictures of themselves he he shows them what they would look like if they were black or Chinese. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. I believe that that's real. <laughs> yeah, it is very real. <laughs> I uh, you might have noticed I have responded a couple times on Twitter. I, I had to get yeah, on yeah, a little yeah, bit yeah. after the Lakers game and then a little bit after the games yesterday. So. Yeah, 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 just as a treat. But yeah. I haven't been I haven't been scrolling much, so I still don't know the right, trends nice. of the day. Yeah. Uh, you can follow, follow me at Decream Fillin on Twitter. You can follow me at C Travis Nolan on Instagram. The C, of course, stands for Colin Kaepernick. Nice. CK, same initials as me. Um, let me. Ha- I have a question for you. The yeah. the uh, Blondie song you mentioned does does yeah. Miley actually cover it, or are you you proposing that? No, no, no. She actually covers it. It's awesome. Oh, so maybe really that's us out. Miles yeah, should play yeah. us out. Yeah. Okay. What's the song called? Heart of Glass. Heart of Glass. Okay. Miley You Cyrus. know the song, right? Could you sing it for me? Oh, okay. I could see how that would fit her voice. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of the raspy. 
Exactly. Okay, Miley, play us out. Play us out, Miles. See ya. See ya.